yeah, we've been doing this for a long time there, eh? Um, which is weird, but kind of refreshing because we keep going back to the same well of the same geeky thing that we keep doing. Um, who'd have thought it'd pay off to just keep reading comics? And I don't know if it's paid off, but we're still reading comics, so there we <laughs> are, it's gonna pay off. It's gonna pay off. There's a long, a long arduous track up the hill, but it's funny. I was listening to, I was listening to like people were talking about how do you make a podcast successful? It just kind of happened on a podcast I listen to. Right. And they're like, you probably won't be, to be honest. With you. At, yeah. at this time, unless you have a niche of a niche, you're not gonna be probably successful. But you never know. The goal is to just do it because you like it, not because you're trying to. Take off with it, yeah. That's what they say the secret of life is, right? Do what you love, and just do. Know, I, I, have, I have fun doing it. I enjoy doing it. I enjoy it. it gives me an excuse to read comics. <laughs> I, I'm I, I enjoy reading the comics. It's the talking to you that I I haven't made peace with yet. It's so. a bore. Because I'm too old for this shit. <laughs> Back at it again, like we never left. Coke and dank, dank and coke. We are. The lethal weapons. Hey Dank. Hey Dank Man X. <laughs> Finally caught that one. Hey, I saw I saw last week, but I was like, oh, whatever. Actually, hey. it's Hollywood Coke. Hollywood. Hey, no, your Diet Coke. Uh, hey, Coke. Why do mermaids wear seashells? Why do mermaids wear seashells? Because B shells are too small and D shells are too big. I'm just thinking about Little Mermaid's boobs, so... Ah, just robbed me from <laughs> this pure moment when I was four. <laughs> until until the Halle Berry version comes out, just sixty. Haley, is Bailey. It, is it Haley or Halle? It's Halle, right? Bailey. Yeah, Halle Bailey. That's what I said. I don't know what you said over there. And she's Halle Bailey. I mean, she's like what twenty-two? I don't know. She's the younger one, right? Yeah. But yeah. <laughs> Already have a deep end. I pay, I just, I pay more attention to, to Chloe, to be honest with you. But. And who put her on your radar? I was going to say, that's your fault. <laughs> She's the older one. They are, they, are ta- they are talented, lovely, lovely. Oh, they're incredibly lovely. So lovely. Lovely sisters, but very striking as well. Yeah, uh, there was. I saw this one where they were like, some fan, like, I guess they're doing like a live t- live. Uh, like an Instagram live thing, and some girl was like, "Oh yeah, Chloe's fake," and the girl who says that her name was Janine. Okay, and they just <laughs> like, "I'm fake." What's that, Janine? You want a word, Janine? <laughs> I can't find the clip again though. I saw it. Like, it was tight. Yeah, they clap back on the internet, which is kind of funny. I love that. I love that. But anyways, we're we're here. We're I've been ex- I've been excited. I've been excited to do this topic for a while. Yeah. Because we did two like <laughs> years, how long ago? Years ago, in the twenties, maybe in the thirties. I gotta look it up. 
but we did uh, we did two like back to back almost, and now we're doing the finally the third one. It's called we call we have issues, and it's just we have issues. Yeah, you've got issues. A, yeah, excuse me. It's a fun little exercise where we grab random. We each grab four random issues. I grab them from my basement. I have a big just boxes full of comics from my basement. And I dig through them the night like a last week. And I just grabbed four that really stuck out to me. I steal from kids on the street that are leaving, <laughs> that are leaving comic book shops. Yes. Because I, I see more intimidating standing outside of a comic book store uh, with little kids. So. Did they ever ask you to buy them liquor? Outside of a comic book store? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> did you ever do that? Ask a guy to buy you booze? I did. Uh... Yeah, maybe like One. 40s or something like that. And they yeah, were like, yeah, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. But like our, our drinking age is so low by the time we were ready for them. Do you remember, were like, do you remember a dial-up bottle? Yes, I do. So th- th- we had this one this one dude who was kind of like, he was heavy set. He was the best because he'd come to the to the door. We live in a townhouse, like my, me and my buddy, and we'd have like a parties there. And he'd come all the way through because he'd park and then like walk through with this big box of like 40 this is all old english and stuff like you know stuff that kids would buy because you hear the rapper singing about because he'd open the door (laughs) and he'd see us he'd see us and he'd look at us and he'd just go (sighs) (laughs) and then just give us the (laughs) because he's like i know what's going on here yeah i want to get paid like i don't care i'm not taking this back yeah you have the money? Yeah. I'm not lugging this back to my car. <laughs> I have the money? Yes. All right. Would you, would you tip big in those circumstances, knowing that he could shut shit down? Yeah. Yeah. We, See, we, didn't, we, would just give, we wouldn't give him exact change. We'd just give him a whole... Yeah. Just take a wad. Yeah. Just, it's just he has to live with that. He pretty, He's like, I'm confident those guys are underage. There was dial bottle and then there was like drive through which was nuts when you think about it. Like you drive up to like a... It's kind of like a open garage and be like, I ordered this and then just throw it into your trunk and then drive off. And I was like, this... They didn't last. None of those, no, none of those have lasted. No. Yeah, no. Because obviously <laughs> you can see the flaws in it, but there's this a for sweet... social media. <laughs> yeah, there, there's a sweet spot where like we were definitely drinking before the ages where they said we should have been drinking. Because yes, it made it very yeah. easy for us. For more reasons than one, but I could go on. I could tell stories about that all day. I know, and this is why we call this episode "We've Got Issues" because issues, yeah. our drinking <laughs> has led us to starting a podcast, <laughs> which is also true. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's also true. Yeah, the last so the last one we did was November 2020 and March 2021. Yeah, so, so we have issues volume one and two. This is volume three. We're due. We like we like grabbing stuff from a whole bunch of different places, and we never know what's good or bad, or what may come back up, or what we may end up pursuing. And this is us just kind of like sharing and uh, attempting to sell the other person on like, hey man, like this is maybe something you want to pick up, check out. This or- is yeah. This is this is it's a lot of fun because these are a lot of issues. Like half mine. We'd never read otherwise. Like half of my choices, we'd right. we'd never look at otherwise. So it's kind of fun to grab stuff that. Um, I know one of my choices you never want to read, but I'm still going deep. So because... funny! I saw your choices. Yeah, we see our choices beforehand, but I haven't read any of yours. I don't think you've read any of mine. I have not. So it's gonna be fun. Or it's gonna be a, a shit show. Either way, drink yeah. up, people. Reading, reading is show. fundamental. Can we say that? I mean. Is that, reading uh, is fundamental. Yeah, yeah. Is that is that uh, public domain? Why not? We made it up. We're t- can we TM that so now people have to pay us for reading the fundamental? See that, see that Winnie the Pooh movie? Yeah, that's weird. Because because nope. it's gone public domain that they made this budget 
I don't know. It looks it looks terrible, good. but it looks perfect yeah. for like two drink minimum or well bottle yes. cap review. So yeah, yeah you guys may both. listen to us laugh through how terrible the movie is. Okay, let's get to it. You want to? Okay, I'll go first. There you go. We have issues volume three. The Amazing Spider Man, number four twenty three. All oh, right, on. So we don't. I think we usually try and steer clear from the big two, but this this one's from May nineteen ninety seven. And this is a very, very um, special issue to me because it's the first comic book I ever bought with my own money. Oh. And I saw it and I was like, holy, I remember this walking to the corner store with like a couple bucks and they had like a, they had a rack, like, like a newspaper rack, but it was full of comics and just random issues. And this one had the coolest cover. <laughs> <laughs> have, you, have you seen the cover for it? No, I'm pulling it up. Awesome now. To it's from the 90s. It's from, it's from the first volume of uh, Spider-Man. I'll send it to you on Zoom so you see it. It's, you can, if you can see the cover, you'll understand. It's like, oh, okay. Imagine, imagine like a ten or eleven year old seeing this in the store. It's like, wow, okay, that looks sick. Because it's a, it's a picture of it's, it's got the shocker, or not the shocker, sorry, Electro, and he's like super powered, like charging the, charging the floor, and Spidey's jumping, and it's from the, it's from behind Spidey, and he's shooting webs at him. But I think we've talked about this before, and it's like I'm in my head. I'm always like, I have this this theory in my head, in my brain that that Electro should be stronger than he actually is, and I guarantee this issue is what kind of planted that seed in my head. Oh, did, like how do you avoid this this cover? Like this is amazing. Isn't that an amazing cover? Yeah, it's so striking. So imagine like eleven year old Dank like in the store. So you can buy one comic. Well, look at it. You just go by covers, right? Because you, right. you, you don't know anything else. Them. Yeah, they only yeah. read it. Everything's behind. I would have just waited till I was outside and beat up one of the kids. And yeah, yeah, but yeah. I was. If, if I, I was could only buy one. Yeah, no, I'm with you. Electric yeah. usually does it. And they got that blue lightning. Got blue. It looks, it looks really cool. So inside the issue, it, it, even reading this issue back, it's, okay, well, it's very 90s. <laughs> <laughs> it's very 90s. Which but is a good it's thing. Like, it was good. It's it's kind of it's in the middle of a larger arc, but it's it still makes sense because well you know these older issues like they tell you the, the exposition they tell you everything that's going on before and after and during and stuff. It's like okay, well how did we get here? Well, this is how we got here. And in this issue, um, Joe Robbie Robertson is in a is in the crosshairs of like of an assassin sent by the you're gonna it's gonna get real thick, but he sent. He's in the crosses of an assassin sent by the Black Tarantula, who is at war with Rose. This is Crime Lord Rose and Delilah. And they have supercharged Electro. So Spidey is not really in the he's he's not really in the plot right here. He's kinda in between a gang war between the Black Tarantula assassins and Rose and Delilah. Um, P- Peter and MJ are married in this and they're back in college. He's experiencing a lot of headaches. But he doesn't know why. He, he's like, oh, maybe because Morbius bit me in the last issue. Like, See, issue number 422. Right. <laughs> what are those, uh, those uh, cheat codes that they used to get you with? Which is, hey, if you don't know what's going on here, read this other thing over here. Yeah. Yeah, because there's no internet to look up like Marvel Database. You go, oh, okay, I got to go back and find out what's going on with, with all that, right? But And the greatest I, comic book cheat code is to put on the cover what you think is going to be in the actual issue which never actually happens so this one actually happened okay 
not that exact panel, but it's you get you at least get Spider Man. You were saying starting off though that Spider Man wasn't there. So. Yeah, yeah. Oh no, he's not. He's just not in the main plot. Like he's okay. in the book, but he's not. It's all. About, it's more about the gang wars, and he's kind of caught in between. So he's like I said, he's married. Him and MJ are married. They're back in college. They're he's you know he's not rich at all. He's low on his on his payments and stuff. He needs so he needs money. So he's literally just swinging around the neighborhood looking for pictures to take because he needs the money, right? And right. he comes across this assassin called Dragonfly and her ninjas and they work for Black Tarantula. Um the Rose, like I said earlier, supercharges Electro and sets him loose to to fight the Black Tarantula um assassins. And then because Spidey sees Dragonfly, he follows her, and she's trying to assassinate um, Robbie. They call him Joe in this. Right. Joe Robertson. They try. So she's trying to kill him. Electro's trying to kill the assassins, and Spider-Man's like seeing what's going on. And then, so so Electro and him have obviously know each other, so they start fighting. And um, it's just like it's like a three-way fight. Right. But because Electro's so powerful now, he just fries them, and he just clears all the ninjas. He goes bang, he just fries them all except for Dragonfly, who's. Who, it's funny because she's like when I say it's very nineties, she's her. She's got this tight black uniform, and then it's a big diamond cut it right along her tits. <laughs> so she's got like this cleave is just out. It's like well, that's that's how a ninja would fight, right? With with the titties out. Um, it the ends 90s. up yep. yeah in the nineties yeah. And it ends up uh, Electro actually beats Spider-Man because he has he has the headache going on that they they foreshadowed before when he gets electrocuted and stuff it's it's hurting him like it's making him all delirious right and he's he's about to like pass out because he's being shocked so, and all his all his the ways he used to beat him like with the fire hydrant and stuff so he actually tries to hit him with the fire hydrant but because Electro is so powerful now he burns like the he evaporates the water in thin air because he's so hot. Like the webs can't get close to him. Like if you get close to him, you just you get burned because he's so supercharged. And he fries Spider Man. And actually, he he makes Spidey uh, beg for his life. He's like he's like, please don't kill me, please. He's like, say it, say it. He's like, please don't kill me. And he's like, he's just like, yes, like euphoria. And then he flies away. <laughs> and then it's like, and then Robbie um, helps Spider Man up, and he's like, is it you okay? And Spidey, it's cool because you get the inner monologues. Like Spidey's like, does did Robbie hear what I said, or was he trying to like, excuse me, spare my dignity and pretend like he didn't? Because he's she's like ashamed. But if he didn't do it, then he would have he would have electrified the whole block. And that's how it ends. And then it's like another issue that I never I've never read more than this. I've just read this one issue. But that was it. And, it just, and that's it. And I I swear that's. That's the issue that planted the seed that I'm like, Electro should be way more powerful than he is. He's just so he's always such a loser that just like he has do great me- power. Do you remember where we ranked him on our uh, Rogues Gallery episode? He we, didn't make it. He didn't make it past like second tier, third tier. No, but but I moved him up. Remember, he was at the bottom. I was like, no, he's got to be up just because his potential for power. If we're is, doing potentials, a lot of these guys should be ranked up. Like I think Rhino should be kind of top tier based off potential. Just because, just because how, yeah, how strong he's he is. a he's a big juggernaut, right? You assume yeah, that, yeah. but to the same credit, like Electro should be just frying everybody, right? Like if Spider Man touches water, zap, done. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's how he should be. I forgot to mention that this was uh, 
This is written by Tom DeFalco and drawn by Joe Bennett. Should have, should have mentioned that at the top. No Obviously, it's Marvel Comics, but yeah. It's... I was like... I was enjoying this. I was like, you know, I would keep reading it just, just to find out what's going on. But you didn't. But, <laughs> but I didn't. I had, other things to re- I had other things to read, man. I had well, that's, issues. That's, well, that's the thing with We Got Issues. This We ask, would you keep reading this title? Would you stop? Would yeah, this, I would. I might, I might actually... I think I will. I think I will. I just got to find that time. <laughs> that's good. It's a good start. Yeah, it was good. It was like, that's why I got this one out of the way. That was the best of the bunch. The rest okay. I can talk about without, you know. All right. So we'll do my first one, which is not my best of the bunch, but I have to go back to this well because I can't leave it alone. We're talking Shadowland, but we're doing the sides. We're doing Power Man. I'm doing issue number two. Uh, Van Lighty. Oh. Uh, writer, uh, Ask Rare, Hannah, Hang. I'm sure they have first names, but I don't see them, so I'm not going to read them. Uh, so Shadowland has been a crazy sort of arc that we've talked about in previous episodes, and we've also talked about, well, at least I've talked about other sides and other supporting characters. Dude, for you this, want one, it be, You want it to be so good. There's so much good in it. I just don't know how they fumbled it on the, final, like the goal line with the whole Beast saga. And to their credit... This four little arc with Power Man, um, who is Victor Alvarez, is actually pretty good, right? So we all know Luke Cage used to be running by the name Power Man, and he's still rolling with uh, Iron Fist. They're still heroes for hires. And so they. this is their arc. Victor Alvarez is another sort of superhero who's taken up the mantle of Power Man, but the Hand believe that he's working with... Um, Iron Fist because he's so good with martial arts, but he's got this whole different power set. So it's like this young kid who's kind of trapped in the middle of like, hey man, I want to be my own superhero, but like I'm living in the shadows of all these other names that I've followed through. And in the second issue, like shit comes to blows because he meets up with Luke Cage. I I think it's at the end of the first issue. He meets up with Luke Cage and Iron Fist on the top of a roof because, you know, it's New York. There's always a top of a roof. (laughs) And manages to to get the drop on Luke Cage and knocks him off. So the beginning of this issue starts with Luke Cage falling down and crashing through a car, which is amazing. That's a great panel. But, like, dude can hold his own. So, like, I love this issue because it starts off in a fight with, like, him going against Heroes for Hires, which is, like, one of the most underrated team in the Marvel Universe. But it slowly starts to build on like his backstory and why he wants to be Power Man and his connection to kind of loosely to the heroes for hire. Like they rarely talk about Daredevil, which is what I enjoy about this arc. And truthfully, <laughs> I, I read the four full issues because it's again, it's a nice contained story. The background is like we have to just keep assembling these people to get to the end of um, Shadowland. But, like, I just like when they introduce a new character and they kind of give him teeth. And, like, this kid gets teeth, right? Like, he's got this new costume. And before, in, like, in comic book tropes, right? Like, when the heroes are facing off against heroes, they never really get to finish the fight. It usually ends in a stalemate because the, basically, the putties, the the jobbers, the foot, whoever shows up to break up that party. So now the heroes can work together and fight. So that happens, and then there's a great trade-off between kind of the Heroes for Hire, Power Man, and, like, the goons to try and break up everything that's going on. Um, You get a little backstory after that fight of why the new Power Man, Victor Alvarez, is taking up this mantle and who he's trying to fall in and what what shoes he's trying to fill, right? Like, 
he's looking back to who his father used to be and the gangs that he used to ran with. So like they have like cool paneling where they show a sepia t- like flashback scene of what his father used to look like and how he was rolling when he was younger. And then they do like the split screen where it's his face with his dad's face. And they're like, okay. As he's telling the side story to Luke Cage and Iron Fist, who are like kind of asshole-ish, but kind of like still hilarious. They're like, that's my name. But like, all right, cool kid. Well, like, we'll hear your story. Like they're the, the most reluctant mentors in this kind of situation, which again, that's why I love them. Like they never really take things seriously until they have to take it seriously. Yeah. And then this kid proves like, you got to take it seriously. And in true Shadowland fashion, it kind of ends with Victor going back home and kind of explaining to his family. But like this big, huge, uh, this whole arc is basically everyone's talking about how basically all the Marvel Knights have to meet up and go confront um, Daredevil, right? So in the previous issue, it's like Spider-Man talks to the Ghost Rider, someone, they're like, okay, we'll meet you there. And in this issue, it's Luke Cage finally finds Iron Fist, like, okay, we'll meet you there. So, like, the the final panel is them all going to finally confront Daredevil as he's becoming the beast with a hand. But there's like, this cool one-pager where, like, you see the fight about to, like, break off between the hand and everything. So, I keep going back to this story because I like everything leading up to the one fight that should have been the best, and it's not. And they keep proving me right. Like, everything around it is so good. It's just the center is so trash. <laughs> yeah, it's it's biting into a chocolate eclair, and it's like cottage cheese. Somebody likes is this, it. Is this his first appearance? It is, right? As, yeah. As Power Man, right? Okay, that's, yeah. that's, that's sick. That's, that's, that's the origin of, of it. Already. I don't remember him. Well, I don't remember much about Shadowland because it put it in my memory. But I don't remember him <laughs> in the final fight of the main story. But he must have. He must have been there. I don't think he makes it. Right? Like, there's all these things that, like, his oh. art. His art kind of ends on this, but then it's more of a transition for what Luke Cage and Iron Fist are going to. Right? So, like, only certain people. And previously, I've covered Moon Knight. Right? Like, his brother doesn't make it to the final fight but moon knight does right and i don't right. think moon knight's there so like i'm a big stand for the marvel knights because i love the street level i love the fact that they're all basically a borough away and most of their power sets are like low-key they're not some insane like oh like we need to be on some spaceship in order to kind of truly express how powerful we are these are guys that have like day in day out problems yeah. so they seem more realistic and the fact that like they all kind of know each other and have weird sort of relationships like they never really like each other but they can't really stay away from each other either like i always appreciate that yeah marvel, marvel is just like marvel is just like shadowland is not but i mean you keep going back to this, you keep back to this well, there's a shadowland thunderbolts i need to know what that's about so god bless you because like you're finding you're finding some some better stuff than that i don't know is it was this good on its own Yes, this was good on its yeah, own. So, absolutely. like, again, would I keep reading? Yes, because I ended up reading the four. And it's just a four-issue run, right? It's very yeah. very contained, very about Victor. But you like all the side you like all the side characters in it because they're mains in everything else. Just, don't, like, just, yeah, just don't read the full Shadowland. How many spin Do you know how many um, tie-ins there are? I did. I had it open a second ago. Give me a second. Uh, oh, okay. Because I'm, I'm curious now because I know there's Moon Knight. Obviously, there's Power Man. There um, is Thunderbolts. There must be a Spider-Man one too, right? Because I mean, like, I, it was yeah. The the whole the that story wasn't even 
like we were, I was amped. I bought that story right away. I was like, Daredevil's a bad Be- guy. I'll because buy the they had the cover, and they had everybody on the cover. They had Moon Knight on the cover. Yeah. They had Iron Fist on the cover. Luke Cage, Spider Man, Electra, like King. Like it was everybody in New York that you really cared about, right? Yeah, no and then I was like, Fantastic Four. Yeah, well, that's not nobody really cares about. Back. Yeah, no, but it was like, yeah, this is sick. And then you get to the ending. So Blood on the Streets, like, Bullseye, okay. Daughters of Daughters of the Shadow. That'd be Spider-Man, Thunderbolts, Ghost Rider, Electra. So, you know. That's it? Yeah. What about Moon Knight? Are you going to say Moon Knight? You know, I heard, well, I already said Moon Knight. You, you know, oh, Moon okay. Knight. All right. Moon okay. I was, I, was, I was waiting. Fine. Sure. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, most of the sides are only four issues. So, I think I could... Again, you can't do worse than what the original story no. is. Just based on no. end. But it's telling you something when the tie-ins are better than the core. Yeah. That's know. rough. But anyways, uh, let's work with <laughs> I won't quit sec- it. I'm not quitting it, Coke. I need to know. No, I know. <laughs> God bless you. Because I know I wouldn't be reading all this. Uh, we're going to my second one. We have Sergio Aragones Grew the Wanderer number 24. Back when comics could just be comics, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that you're leading for? That's it. That's all I got to say. No, it, it, this was like, I remember reading, like I said, because I, because I just go through a pile of books that I have in my basement. Like some of them are so nostalgic. And this one's from 1987. So it's an 80s comic. And you know how we feel about these 80s comics. Right. And Love how, them. like those Marvel ones, right? Like <laughs> Scarlet Witch jerking off Power Man. I'll never, I'll never forget that. But um, so I was like, ooh, 1987. And this is Marvel Comics, by the way. That's the funny thing. It's, it's, really? It is a Marvel how? comic. Yeah. It's a Marvel imprint. I, I think Rue bounced around. Okay. Where you had different publishers and stuff because it is Epic Comics, but it's got the Marvel trademark as well. So it's kind of like a um, a, a duality thing going okay. on. But uh, Gru is. Do you recognize this guy? You may recognize him just from the look of him. But uh, he's like this barbarian who. Um, Who's really, really strong? He's like the like the best fighter in the land type thing, but he's an idiot. <laughs> like he's just a dunce, right? So that's kind of his whole charm is that he's he's like he's dumb, but he's okay. Yeah, no, no, I, yeah. I, you recognize him, right? So yeah, that's something. He's yeah. Familiar, yeah, yeah, yeah. Grew, so he's asked to help a town under a spell, and he thinks it's so. He goes to this town, and he's like, or this 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 minst- this minstrel. Finds him and he goes, oh, you know, there's this guy named Ar- um, Arcadio and his this town, this city that lives in is got it's under a spell and we need your help. And he's like, all right, I'll help the spell. He's like, I know a witch that has like a cure, and he kind of runs off. And the minstrel's like, wait, you don't know what the spell is yet, but he, or like the curse. So he just he just runs off and he has to he has to, he goes to this he finds this witch in the woods and he gets this antidote and he he shows up at this town and. He thinks it's a beauty spell because when last time he was at the at this town, he knows this town from like a past issue. Everybody was hideous looking, like they looked so ugly. 
But he goes there this time, and they're all gorgeous. And they're walking around like men and women are just like handsome, beautiful, whatever. And they're walking around mindlessly, like just like kind of like like robots. So he's like, oh, well, this isn't right. They, they, well, last time I was here, they were they were hideous. So somebody must have changed them. So I'm going to change them back. So he throws the antidote on them and he makes them all ugly again, right? And he's like, there you go, job well done. And um, then Arcadio is the guy who he's trying to help will show up and he's like, oh my God, what? What's happening there? You know, they're hideous. Right. And it, it turns out what it is is they're actually under two spells. One is an ugly spell, and one is a mindless spell where they're just kind of mindlessly walking around. So Arcadio keeps turning them back into like what they're supposed to look like, which is actually beautiful. Because the first time that grew, you find out the first time you visited that town, they were already cursed. That's why they were ugly. And Gru keeps coming back and seeing them beautiful. So he goes back and gives another antidote. <laughs> and he's making them beautiful again. And it's kind of a push me, pull you. And that's like, that's the whole base of the book is one keeps turning them back. The other one keeps turning them back. And the funniest part of the whole thing, because it's a comedy like that, that's kind of, it's funny situation, but it was made me laugh. The funniest part is that every time he goes to the witch to get the remedy or the antidote, She's like, okay, but you got to get something from me first. And it's like this chess piece from my king in this city over here. So he runs over to the city and he ends up getting her the whole set <laughs> of chess pieces. <laughs> She's like, finally, I've got this. Like, I've been dying to get this chess piece. And he just, so they, they just keep fighting. And then like Arcadio, every time he comes back to the town, he comes back. He's all beaten up because he has to keep getting the his own antidote from like all these dangerous places and stuff and then they finally come face to face he's like you've been turning them ugly this whole time he's like well yeah he's like well, let me do it one more time so he does it one more time like, <laughs> he's like last time i went back and got two antidotes because somebody was making them pretty again and he's like and so like the last page is like everybody chasing grew and they're all hideous right which is actually kind of which is funny and then like at the end it says the moral it's like moral putting beauty before brains is the surest way to wind up with neither then it just ends, right? right? It's like, right. oh, you know what? That wasn't that offensive. <laughs> right. For the time, too. I, I thought it was going to be yeah. a little shallow with the beauty thing, but I was like, hey, that's not it's not offensive at all. It was actually very funny. I had, I had a good time, and it was just the one issue contained. Those old, issue, those old comics didn't have, like, not a lot of them had, like, these crazy arcs. It was just one issue, done, number 24. Which is crazy. You got to assume that, like, a lot of writers got these one-offs where they could just kind of free will, like, I got this one idea. I don't know what to do with it. Let me just publish this one thing. And they threw it out in the marketplace, right? So it's always kind of cool. Now, Coke, you ask why I would go back to such a hard title as Shadowland. Like, why would I read the sides? Why would I keep searching for something? more when I know there's nothing more to be there. It's because we ruined ourselves for this. Not too long ago, we were spending hours among hours reading the X, the House of X or Power of X titles. Yes, Dawn of X, yeah. Dawn of X. And we went so deep into it that it was some of the funnest stuff that I think we've ever recorded. But But it it nearly killed us. It nearly killed us. And then again, you said if the sides are better, then I think some of the sides on those titles were better than the actual main story at certain points, right? Hell yeah. So, oh, yeah. Hellions, man. Hellions is great. Marauders was great. Mm-hmm. 
We're on this too. Uh, New Mutants turned out to be really good. So yeah, I had, but those, were, but those were more like main. Those were in base with the main main line, titles. I, I know, like I got to use kind of a little yeah gray area to pull yeah, up yeah, this yeah. point of why would I, I go back to this because we left on kind of a cliffhanger and like a dud of like well like I don't want to go back to this like we we were like legitimately upset with how it ended that we were like I don't want to read X Men and we didn't touch X Men for a good like year yeah the Ten of Swords was not. What it should have been, but that we had was... been we have been recently talking about like, hey man, like this is a world that I still kind of know want to know what's going on. So yeah, I bit the bullet. I found Reign of X issue one, Sword, and in I guess who who was the full who was originally running the the entire arc? Right, it wasn't Brewbreaker, was it? It was oh no, um, Hickman Hickman. In Hickman fashion, I can see why I'm so wrapped up in wanting more out of things like Shadowland. It's because he's so immersed and gives so much detail and it's so dense and complex that you hope there's payoffs. But again, I haven't learned my lesson. There's not always payoffs for as much stuff as you're planning. But here we are at issue number one. So luckily, this has been written by uh, Ewing Shitty, uh, drawn by... Uh, Hickman, Noto, Williams, Bladoni, and Wells Servagovia are all on volume one. And they do S.W.O.R.D. So like S.W.O.R.D. now is taking off and it's a space station. And the first quote is amazing because it's Abigail Brand. I don't know if you're familiar with her at all. Um, This is what comes next. And in, I guess, Don of X fashion, that's the most annoying thing you could say because we know what it takes in order to invest in some of these titles. It's just long, arduous, and they have to get through all of kind of the mon- the monotonous and set up all the stones for the payoffs. So I'm already going to say, like, off jump, I wouldn't normally read past this because it was all just prep and getting everything set up and putting the players on the map. And I feel like I've done that already, <laughs> and it didn't work out. I was upset. But, again, it's nice to see... Uh, new players on the map. So this round for uh, Krokoa. Krokoa now has the sword as a space station. So it's looking over Krokoa and watching over anything else that may be happening on that island, which is great, right? Like they keep expanding this universe, even though they shouldn't, even though I don't think they can. But if you remember anything from the first issues that we were reading, they had looked so far down into the future that it only makes sense for them to be in space and like the summers were starting to live on the moon. Like they had, yeah. they had been expanding out, right? So it only makes sense to get them here. Um, there's a new team, obviously, right? So you have Abigail Brand running the show. You have Wizkid as a technopath. Uh, feeders in here, armors in here, manifold, risk, and the director of security is Cable. So like I thought that was oh there we go a little step up. But this whole issue kind of relies on Magneto, who's visiting the space station for the first time, and them giving them a tour of what the space station is and all of their roles, and all of them kind of playing up to Magneto's still a god, right? Like, they still look at him with, like, these adoring eyes, and, like, Mm -hmm. you see some of their personalities because when their backs turn to him, like, WizKids, like, talking all this shit, and then when he turns around and sees, like, that it's Magneto, he's like, oh, fuck, like, oh, like, you're here, like, you're real, like, you're, you're, like, you're the savior, right? So there's all those little touch tones, but again, like this entire Hickman run, it's broken up with all these little 
you know how they used to do like the letters or like the informations or the diaries or the doxes or like all of that stuff? Yep. Yeah. So there's like constantly – those are – I mean, it was good when we started getting in the run of it. But to start that again, like it hurts. It's a lot. It's a lot. Yeah, because it, it it's dense to start from scratch. So like it, by the end of this first issue, I was more upset of like, I know this could be so great, but I don't want to invest the amount of time it's going to take to find out how great it can be. And the fact that they keep giving us new mutants is amazing because – if there's anything about this entire series, this entire run, just shows you how many X-Men and potential mutants you can use. There's something about like going back to the same pieces. There's a reason there's only, what? Uh, I was going to say 64, but that's not true. How many? Eight and eight is 16. There's a reason there's only 16 pieces on a chessboard, right? In the first Exosaurs, we ended up getting like 32 characters. Oh, it was insane. Yeah. So they're always spreading out. They're always... And like, sure, but man, imagine we were kids and we got this. To have to go back to the store and keep buying the next trade and the next trade and the next trade that's and the, the same, next trade, we would be broke. And yeah. then you never know if you're fully going to be satisfied, especially coming out of, uh, I keep wanting to say a house of swords. It's not a house of swords. It's ten of swords. No. <laughs> everything's, everything's a house of me because like all of this stuff was amazing. But like all of that reminds me of like House of M. House of M was like one of the last ones I remember was so ingrained. They tried to connect as many characters as possible, and it was just a, like a cool scene for me to to see panels where they assembled as many X Men. Right. So like this run has been cool for that. But there's been so many mutants that I never knew existed, and that's cool. But now I have to care about them and their backstory, and then what they're doing, and then how it ties in. It's just taxing. So, <laughs> it's so much. It's so much, and then like all the little breakdowns and all the charts. Like I, I appreciate how smart minds have to think in order to make this successful. But I'll like I don't know if I'll ever find out if this is going to be as successful as they want it to be, unless I just go to the wiki and be like, oh, that's how it ended. Fuck. Uh, <laughs> but this is this is the next stage. This is the next kind of. Um, walk to what's going on in Krakoa. And of course, it ends on a kind of cliffhanger, right? They go teleport to go find a fight. Uh, and the last the last quote, which irked me, but then made me easily as excited, was you have stolen fire from heaven to hold in your hands. How could I object? I have done the same myself, with one significant difference. I wore gloves. Be careful. <laughs> Signed, Victor Von do oh shoot so like they got me by the gonads yeah i'm probably gonna keep reading they did it on purpose we're gonna end up doing a rain x thing i know right like they got us they got us because just the ambition of what they tried with the first run with don of x was amazing and considering it ended bad they did a lot of good that we didn't expect them to do. They ended up making us fans of titles and characters that we had no business being fans of. Yeah, and we um, were hyped for it too. We were really hyped, and most of it was good. But it was like there we, were some we, things that were. Kind we of all had game. theories that like we were expecting to pay off that we don't know are going to pay off yet, right? Like we we still have like looming threads that are out there. Like we want to know, but like they keep expanding, right? And then Don of X was ending with kind of a face off between Magneto. 
Professor X and Reed Richards, right? So like that was for right. me, I was like, ooh, right? Like there's that crossover of um what's the son's name? Uh Richard. Franklin. Right? Frank. Franklin. Franklin yeah. and uh Val. Okay. And they were kind of the the bartering tool because they're not quite mutants, but they're not quite what the Fantastic Four were, which were kind of anomalies, right? Like they were yeah. gifted their powers, right? So it was a cool extra piece on this chessboard. But again, like you have to look at this as 3D chess where it's way more pieces than you've ever expected to play with. And the fact that you have to think 30 moves down the line is insane to me. But if you can pull it off, oh man. So, you know, this was, this, this was a, a hard read because it just brought me back to what didn't work. But then they got me in the end, which is all they really need to do with... Oh, like here, here's who's potentially coming up next, which is my boy Doom. We're never gonna get rid of these guys. X Men are gonna keep pulling us back, and we can, not we can do about it. <laughs> they are some of the best written characters in all of comic book lore, yeah. right? Like, we, yeah. And specifically, we do we got issues to kind of get away from the big two. We've said it numerous times, and yet we've done what three Marvel comics now? Well, but two officially, and then. <laughs> It, I feel like X-Men should always get a buy, right? Like Because yeah. it doesn't really operate under the same sort of Marvel imprint. They managed to find a way to keep giving us different, weirder, crazier, and like contained stories with different mutants that they have in there. And then the fact that they call them mutants, right? Like everyone else is a superhero or a supervillain. These guys got their own classification. Yeah. And this Rain, this Dawn, and I can't remember the third one is. Like they really... I think it's... Actually, I'm not sure. Destiny. Re- I think it's destiny. They elevate the fact of what mutant means. And mutant is now like a term of endearment. It's like, oh, we're different for reason. Like we were chosen. And like that level of writing and understanding of like these characters that we've been following since like we were kids. Right? Little, like, little kids. Yeah. With like t shirts with X Men on them, like before we even knew what the X Men were, kind of thing, right? And then the cartoons and stuff, like to see it kind of come back full circle and then have like a full understanding of this is what it would be like if they actually wanted a utopia, right? Like they've tried Genosha before, it didn't work, but this is like in the hands of those who should have the most power. Like there's, there's so many morality issues in this, like the. The amount of conversations you and I had both on the podcast and off the podcast about this run is insane. Like that's how much, that's how good and dense the writing was. It just, you had to read, you had to read, you had to read everything. Yes. Our, Our problem was, I think our problem was that we were making episode length, um, segments that weren't, that we weren't counting as episodes. You know, mm-hmm. so I think next time, or well, not next time, when we <laughs> dip, yeah. dip back into Rain X, it should just be a regular episode. That's how we started, and that's how we ended. But everything in between was like all over the place. So yeah, but I definitely think we're smart enough not to read every single title attached to. There's that too. Yeah, we were really well. Okay. Well, that's that's their fault. Like we were like, <laughs> yeah, we'll read them. we'll read it all. I'm sorry. Like, but we start. There was like what six or seven issues. Yeah start with and then they started adding like then they added like five or six more it's like well guys come on <laughs> i thought we were just rolling with like x-men well that's the thing X- like they, they, they started giving it off to different writing teams right it'd be different yeah. if it was yeah. all hickman i was like okay this is all for one purpose but they're like all right like go take 
hellions and go do something with those guys. And that ended up being fun stuff over there. But it was like, yeah, they were milking it, milking it hard. But, anyways, I digress. To my number three, we say we. We always say we try and stay away from the big two for these, and yet here we go. Here I am with the DC comic, <laughs> but it's it's a, it's one of the lesser known titles. It's the Secret Six, number one, uh, from 2015. This is gonna for anybody who anybody who likes Secret Six, this is gonna piss them off because this is probably the worst run <laughs> <laughs> of Secret Six. It's a uh, well, written by Gail Simone, uh, drawn by Art Lashley. It's okay <laughs> that's it there's a reason why i didn't keep going with this book i remember reading this issue and i was like I, first of all the art's not great it, it's like i don't know it's just it's like it's not terrible but it looks kind of looks kind of i don't know doesn't it doesn't it doesn't fit the mood for me so okay. basically what happens is like the secret six is basically in layman's terms like suicide squad 2.0 or something or like it's like the suicide squad for the suicide squad it's like very secret right and this, so it's it, it it it's catman porcelain ventriloquist three damon wells who calls himself a big shot strix and black alice none of those people that you've probably heard like people no. have probably ever heard of and that's because that's that's the whole point of the secret six right they're all like expendable it's almost like the suicide squad became too uh too popular so they went with this route i don't know but catman is apprehended by these troopers quote-unquote troopers who are actually secret force uh that take him into a giant box so they they, they, they knock him out they find him in this, in this tavern or like a uh, west like old bar and they try and get, he like he fight, there's a fight there's a scuffle they end up beating him with the help of a, a powered uh one of the power troopers Knock him out. He wakes up in this giant glass box or steel box or room, I guess, with five other people. Porcelain, who can make any hard material brittle. Cool power. The Ventriloquist 3, who's she's like a certified just nutcase. Like he wakes up on the floor and he opens his eyes and he's looking right at her hoo-ha, like under, <laughs> under her dress. And he's like, huh, ah, because like, she's like, she's really... Uh, hard on the eyes and there's damon big shot wells is a pi and he can like swell up so he just he, he gets he gets dumb thick and strong right there's strix who's a mute but she she writes on like when they're they're trying to describe their powers like what do you do and she writes on a sticky note she goes i kill people because <laughs> she, she can't talk and I'm like okay well that's uh that's good that's good then there's black alice who's a magical leech and she um Probably the most interesting power. She'll take magic from other magic users, and then she was able to use it too. And then there's Catman. He's basically like their Wolverine. Actually, he's more like their Sabretooth, to be honest, to be fair. But he's claustrophobic, and he freaks out, which leads to a a tussle inside the room. And um, a voice comes on, like, the speaker box, and they're like, all right, we're going to pose you a question. And if you don't answer... We're gonna kill one of you, and like the issue ends. So we, you're not sure what the question is. You're not sure what's going on. You don't care about any of these people because Catman's kind of a prick. So it's like it's not like he's a nice guy. He thinks he's like some pretty boy. Like it's like I said, Sabretooth. But if Sabretooth was like 
thought he was um, Gambit. Hmm. That's kind of, I'm like, I don't really care about any of this. None of these characters are interesting except for Black Alice is kind of cool. But the rest of them, like, they don't really give you much of anybody. They, they kind of make Damon Wells like the big shot guy to be kind of like the, the good guy. But then the book follows Catman, who's, who I don't like. So you're kind of like, <laughs> at least not the way they're written here, right? right. I, I've, I've looked it up and there's, there's past Secret Six books that I've never read that are apparently amazing. Probably. Maybe I'll give those a try. But this run, I am not continuing. Because <laughs> <laughs> I do not care. And I regret buying it. <laughs> to be quite honest i could have been reading one of the other ones you have which are i'm looking at them right now and both look good yeah well we will find out won't we As yes we... yeah so the, yeah this, this is not you going forward you're done no god no i'm stopping right there i don't want anything to do with that what i will do is i'll go backwards and i'll check out some of the other secret six comics i'd like right. to do that just to kind of get a, uh, a comparison or a perspective on how much has changed. That's the one thing, kind of the disclaimer with we've got issues too, right? Like we don't always get to read the full runs. We may do that after the fact mm. or during because we want to give more kind of uh, surrounding to what we're reading, but that's more for our benefit. Based on kind of the rules and the parameters, you're just picking one. And then if that's the dud, that's the dud. You never really know if that story is going to turn out great or like fall apart or like where are you going to be in it so not not every comic's a winner remember remember the from the first the first we have issues what was that robotics oh oh was that, was <laughs> this, that one? there's some what duds was, in the first one what was it called it was called oh, it was, oh yeah robotics and it was like this transformers ripoff yeah that was so good. wordy and it was so dumb i was like oh man this is terrible and that's a but great we, segue. But then, but then we read things like and we read things like Chew. Which is amazing. And we're supposed to go back to Chew. But I was gonna say your your great segue of like it was wordy and it was terrible brings me to my third <laughs> contribution to this list. The boys, number sixty-six. Oh. Garth Ennis and Derek Robertson. And if anyone's familiar with the boys TV series, which Coke helped put me on, this is an amazing premise. And to this point, an amazing comic, right? But with the We Got Issue series, you kind of get dropped in. So if you either drop in in a good spot, amazing. But if you don't, who knows, right? And I was I was thinking about starting this series in the beginning, but I didn't think that gave justice to what we do for this issue. Yeah. And then didn't it make sense with kind of, we already have kind of a background sense of who the boys are. But to anyone that doesn't, in a world of costume heroes soaring through the skies and masked vigilantes prowling the night, someone's got to make sure the soups don't get out of line, and someone will, right? So we follow Billy Butcher, Wee Huey, Mother's Milk, best made, by the way, uh, yeah. Frenchman, the female, and the boys who are all CIA-backed, very dangerous people, very much um, about making sure it's who will watch the Watchmen kind of thing right um dedicated to the struggle against the most lethal forces of earth making sure the superheroes have to be watched and they're controlled um and when you can't take down the superheroes you got to call it the boys um this is the first issue of the run called the bloody doors off and part one other than kind of uh i guess the trailer before the credits come in it's no action it's literally Huey walking around in the park. Uh, I think they're in Russia, right? They're on location somewhere. Listening to a podcast 
about how the superheroes are ruining everything. So it, it's three quarters of just dense. You're reading what he's listening to as he's aimlessly walking through the park. Oh, so I, can't, I can't stand those issues. It's terrible and kind of depressing because, like, Huey's the worst. Like, he kind of got thrown into this whole situation. So, like, I guess he's the audience into this world. But to have to read through everything you kind of already know before any action happens, and it's just dense on, like, this superhero does this. Like they and they're doing the name drops too, right? Like, uh, did I write it? I didn't even write it. I was mad because they said uh, I can't remember the all black one that always makes me. Oh, black noir. Black noir. They say something about like black noir does this left thing over here and whatever. But again, it's bubble after bubble of what he's listening to until he finally walks into the office with the rest of the boys, and then it's just kind of more loose character kind of arcs of like we're tired of being here we can't wait to leave here we don't know what we're doing next but we have to wait around so it's like a stakeout and the issue ends with him getting in a fight with i guess who his girlfriend is because she gets into a car and she's like i'm going to the airport you can come with me or not he's like i'm not going to i gotta be here and then he goes back to his apartment and then like it ends so (laughs) it was all this dense information and i know like it's got to have a great payoff but it just put a bad taste in my mouth from the beginning yeah because they it didn't waste any time like the first three pages it's billy butcher and he's tracking down this one dude and he's got like a rocket launcher and he blows off this guy's arm and i was like all right cool this is gonna be good but it cuts from that and those are like rich reds and like blood dripping and like he's in like a lair to cold winter Huey out walking, looking depressed with earbuds in his ear and be like, the supers are at it again. They're now <laughs> taking over the city. What do we need to do to prevent this? And like, it's just, oh, uh, it like drained me because you know what the boys can be and what it yeah. will be. But those first issues, man, I guess those are hard ones to pull off. This, I, I, this did not make me want to write more, read more. Yeah, I, 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 I guess they do it just to kind of give, like you said, backstory and filler, but I, I can't stand when comics do that. I don't know, like, there's some Alan Moore comics that do that, and I think there was... Um, the king of, let me give you exposition that is yeah, both it's necessary like, oh, just not necessary. It's like, man, I don't want to read this much that's just like... No. It's not that it doesn't have anything to do with the comic book, but it's, it's not the characters talking, so it's just kind of recapping what you already know. It's I, like, I don't really need this much. I don't pick up a comic book to read a book. I read a yeah. book... <laughs> to use my imagination and put pictures. If you're putting pictures there, make it make it easy, make it fun for me. Yeah. So, you know. That's 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 too bad cuz I was excited. I was like, "Oh, wicked." Cuz I don't know if well, I, I was going to say I don't know if you all know, but nobody obviously <laughs> knows that like we haven't I know I haven't read anything in the other boys. It was kind of one of those when the show came out, I was like, "I'm just going to watch a show." I don't. I'm sick of being that guy. Like, well, I'm not, like reading the books and then watching right. the show and then be like, well, in oh, the comics, this, this doesn't, doesn't happen. happen. I was like, no. I was like, I just want to watch the show. I want to enjoy it as as a layman, <laughs> you know. Just and the show's so enjoyable. I'm one, so se- I'm one season behind, but I remember you putting it on me and I binged it. Uh, one day I had the flu and I binged like two seasons. I yeah, I haven't. I haven't show. watched the most recent one yet. I only watched one episode, but I'm I'm eager to. But also, Maybe. to your credit, uh, you said like we knew this was a comic. I was like, no, I'm going to stay away from it. There'll be a time when we review it. 
Yeah. And I'm kind of glad I, I read the worst one I possibly could read because the only way I'm coming back to this property is if you're like, okay, boot up. Like, we got to find a good run. Or at least I get to read past the first issue, right? Based on the yeah. rules, I can't go further. I mean, I should cheat code it. But I was like, nah, fuck Huey. Like, I don't <laughs> like your depressing life. Like, figure it out. Get in the car with the girl if you want to leave. Or quit this job because it's not really helping you. He has, like... I cared more about the hamster than it did him at the end of the issue. So that's funny. It's from what I understand, um, the show doesn't exactly follow the book. It kind of it's kind of like how Invincible does it. Like it takes arcs that were in the book, but they kind of mix it up and jumble right. it together like in a way that somehow makes more sense. Yeah. So like apparently the first the first arc of the show doesn't happen until much later in the books but i would know because i haven't read them and i refuse to <laughs> until it's time until it's time. time and then we will. and then we will time. just no, not been... number 66 i don't want to do this this run there are several no, other runs no, that we no bueno eh? based on that's, what i, I mean I'm, I'm now looking at the other comic and uh well the, the other issue yeah uh they're building to something ah there's mother's milk uh maybe no, no, no. We'll start at the beginning. I'm sure. The, I guarantee there's a better, a better issue in here. Yeah, I, I, I'm, there. There has to be a better art. Which brings me to, or brings us to my last issue. Don't talk about me. <laughs> I was like, what the hell are you talking about? Oh, right. You are my last issue. Thank you. Dark Horse Classics presents. Godzilla King of the Monsters number four. Oh shit. Yeah. You went there. I went there. From nineteen ninety-eight. Oh, so I ran the gamut. So I got the Amazing Spider-Man who was nineteen ninety-seven. I got Grew the Wanderers in nineteen eighty-seven. Secret Six who was twenty fifteen. And now Godzilla's ninety-eight. And this oh shoot. <laughs> what the hell is going on? We'll do it live. This one was written by Kevin Fuck it, McGuire we'll do it live. and drawn by Brandon McKinney. I, uh, it's not terrible. <laughs> you know, it's not terrible. <laughs> I'll just say that. <laughs> uh, I was looking him dead in the eyes. This is the best you could muster up for this comic book. It's not you know? terrible. That's <laughs> Do I regret reading it? No. Will I ever read it again? No. Do I want to keep reading? Not really. But it is it is what it is. And it opens up with Godzilla versus Cybersaur. Uh, and Godzilla's poisoned right now. Okay. Cybersaur is basically Power Rangers. So it's a three people inside of a giant metal dinosaur. Awesome. With like batteries, oh battery, you know, guns are down to thirty percent. Let's transfer it all to, you know, shields and stuff like that, right? And Godzilla's poisoned, so he's bleeding from his mouth. Because this is the fourth issue. I think I think it's a six issue run or something like that. But anyways, this is number four in the middle of it. So Cybersaur goes down and one pilot dies, and the others are dealing with like this nosy reporter and scientist who take who take Takes a crushing machine. Yeah, it's it's bizarre because it's like 
there's like this helicopter following them around with like a news reporter and stuff. And they, they're trying to follow Cybersaur, but Cybersaur falls down, like I said, and one of the pilots, like the main pilot dies. So then one of the guys from the helicopter, he's like, they land and he's like, oh, I take over for this. And this reporter is like, it's so, um, like these characters are not dimensioned at all. They're all just very one dimensional. It's like right. the nosy reporter, the heroic scientist, the nerd, the geeky, you know, or the, the heroic, I don't know, techno guy. And then like the nerdy scientist, like it's very, it's very nineties. <laughs> right? right. And it's like, Oh, the reporter is like crushing on the scientist guy. He flirts with the scientist guy once. Is that your girlfriend? Like, that's kind of like, that's the tone of the vibe for it. Okay. It's like, Oh God, this is not great. So the, and then the, the, the <laughs> one thing that is cool is that it takes, it takes place in, in Canada. So it's actually in BC. I so guess it is came, great. He came from, that was cool. I was like, yes. Um, so the doctor who developed the poison is under question about the effects of Godzilla's toxic bodily fluids in the wild. Cause he's like, they're like, yeah, we're going to, they're shooting missiles out. Nothing's happening. He beats Cybersaur. Right. So now he's walking through this, uh, this area in BC. And they're like, we got to keep him away from Vancouver. Cause he's on the way there to Vancouver. Right. And he's, but he, he's about to step into this uh, body of water, like a lake or whatever. And in that lake, they're going to electrocute him and like poison him and just hit him with everything they have so that he, so that he falls down. But they're like, well, he's bleeding out of his mouth. Like you poison this guy. He's bleeding out of his mouth. What's that going to do to our water supply? If you, if you drop him in a lake, <laughs> it's like, it's like, Oh, I didn't think of that. Like, so you never tested the poison before you gave it to him. So there's like, which I thought was kind of an interesting angle, right? Cause it doesn't just deal with like Godzilla's in the loose. We got to stop him. It's, it's, there's an environmental um, angle to it. Okay, yeah. Aspect, right. Thank you. Where it's kind of, where it's like, yeah, you, you have to stop him, but you have to understand that you can stop him. And then he bleeds into the, sewer system and all of a sudden now you're drinking his atomic blood or whatever the hell he's his nuclear blood right um but the funny thing is is like on the other side of the book the guy leading the chart is it's like your typical gruff sergeant army like army sergeant guy lays up a like with chemicals like what are you gonna what what are those chemicals gonna do to the environment he's like i don't care i'm taking down that lizard (laughs) and they just fill it up with all this like flammable they fill this whole lake up with just flammable like chemicals and light it on fire and electrocute them and they pew pew and stuff and Godzilla finally falls and like he like is he down? He's, he, meanwhile he's bleeding all over the ground and stuff like out of his mouth. And he's like I don't know Godzilla hasn't had a heartbeat in one hour and then like the book ends because <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's just part of a bigger story, right? And I'm like, yeah, that was dumb. They posed some interesting questions, um, and it was cool to have a Dark Horse book to read, mm-hmm. even though it's from the 90s, the very 90s. I love the ads in these comics, too, because it's like... I forgot about ads. Like yeah. Game Boy Color and stuff. Yeah. It's like, oh, man, reading these books is such a trip. Uh, it takes you back. Where you could cut out the... You could cut out coupons and send them yes. in for like, yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. that you wanted. Yeah, yeah. One of my one of my favorite parts is like the gruff sergeant, of course, is smoking a cigar at all times, right? And well, that's the trope. He's not a gruff sergeant unless he's smoking a cigar. He has to smoke a stogie, and so the the chemicals like 
they can't light them. I guess the ignition source is like not working. He's like, Sarge, I can't light it up. He's like, do I have to do everything myself? Takes a stogie and throws in the lake, and that's what lights it up. So he's like, like, That'd be a good movie scene. Yeah. So I'm like, well, I've seen this in movies at some point. So he's taking down Godzilla by himself, right? Him and his trusty stogie. You sound like you enjoyed the book. It, it so there, there is a there is a fun a funness to it. I don't know the okay. word for it. There is a fun to it. It's not great, but it's kind of. It wasn't like it's not too wordy. It's it's not trying to be too smart. Like they they pose the it, it's schlock. Yeah, it's just it's like they know this is just entertainment. Right. It's silly. It's ridiculous. Uh and when the when the because Cybersork gets back up when the new driver takes over, and like his last word to Godzilla is like, "Why couldn't you have just stayed underwater?" And he's like crying and he's saying it. He's, <laughs> he's like, "It's like an environmentalist, right?" <laughs> it's like, "Why couldn't you?" Like, this is not the right. Tone I can't save you up here. <laughs> yeah. Why didn't you just stay underwater? And obviously, you no, know, Godzilla's not going to die, but especially because the next that. the next issue is called "Long Live the King," right? So oh, yeah. they don't know that the characters don't. They don't know that, but we know. We know. But yeah, it was. Uh, there's yeah. an ad for Gargantua. That's just kind of funny. Fourteen ninety eight for the movie Gargantua. Um, it, yeah, it was a uh, terrible. <laughs> no, I said it was not terrible. It was just there is there is a like I said there. I don't regret reading it. It's not like I was mad. I was like that was something. Like I was more <laughs> mad with Secret Six. Secret Six I was like that was I don't like that. Was that. A waste. That, that you yeah. wasted my time. This one's like this one's gonna be fun to talk about because it's very, very tropey, very nineties, right? right? So we go yeah. from your from your nineties all it is to it, yeah. To my what would be in the eighties? I got to cover. I guess one I want to say modern classic at this point now because it's already been optioned as a TV show. There's a couple of episodes out already. If you're not watching, uh, Paper Girls number one, Image Comics, written by Brian K. Vaughn. Art by Cliff uh, Chiang, uh, Matt Wilson colors, Jared K. Fletcher letters and design. Um, this is the first book that I will actually talk about how beautiful the book is. The book is gorgeous. Um, it is like white is the color they use the least because it's so full and they only use it for bubbling and like negative space, but it's so full of like rich blues, purples. And like oranges, like they find a way to kind of really stretch out monochromatically um, what the background will be. And like all the girls, because it's four leads, are all like brushed tonally with like another hue on top of kind of their skin tone. And like that works really well. The book starts with a dream. We're following Aaron, right? Who for, I guess, easy kind of following of each characters, because there's four girls in it. She's the Leonardo of the, the group. Or she'll, I think she'll become the Leonardo of the group. She has this dream where she's... Uh, turtle reference. Love it. Okay, can't go wrong with turtle references. No. Um, where she's dreaming about like being in space, eating an apple, seeing an astronaut. But the astronaut was one of the fallen from the Challenger, the, the spaceship that exploded upon kind of liftoff. Right? So already they kind of give you the reference of we're in the 80s. Then it like completely drops into a nightmare. Like you see a devil. And it goes from like this beautiful purple and blue kind of calmness where she's talking to like this angel who was like a dead astronaut giving her like this apple to like this villain um sorry to this like devil creature 
who's like rising out of a fire and like she's in class and like freaking out about like school and stuff and like she's she doesn't know what to do like she can't make sense of it and then her alarm goes off right and you see that it's like 4 40 in the morning we go back to blue the sister is in a bunk bed above she's like hey man you gotta go give out those papers and you you it's it from where it starts they're not trying to kind of oversell you on anything it's literally girls that run a paper route right the day happens to be november 1st and there's this little note that she wrote on her calendar hell morning because obviously the day before um november 1st is october 31st you see kind of her grind to get all the papers ready and then she hits the road right and the entire book from then on out is her on the road um giving out papers the first kind of dust up is she she meets kind of like teenagers who are still rolling around from the night before. Like one's dressed as like Freddy Krueger and he's like, give me one of those papers, right? Like just assholes like that stayed up a long times. And she starts to get a little dust up, right? Like she's assertive, but like she's got no backing. It's like three kind of teenage boys against this one. I think they're in like 12 to 14 year range, right? Mm-hmm. And she's holding her own, right? But like dude kind of asserts himself, like grabs his bike kind of thing and it's just like, Yo, give me those papers. And that's when you get the kind of the star moment where Mac rides in. And Mac, for uh, analogy purposes, is the Raphael of the other group. And she rides in and she's kind of the boss. Like her first three words are cool, costume, explicitive. Like I don't, I can't say that word, (laughs) but it like it caught me off guard, but it was so perfect of that time. It made sense. Um, and she she basically is so assertive and so strong and like so smart and kind of so one ups the dude that she gets those guys to like disappear. And then that's where you see this friendship beginning between Mac, Aaron, and the other two girls, KJ and Tiffany. Uh, KJ would be the Michelangelo and Tiffany would be the Donatello. Tiff's got uh, all the walkie-talkies to keep them all connected and everything. Um, And funny enough, KJ's got like a weapon. She's got like a cricket bat kind of thing. But like, (laughs) for lack of better, um, three of the girls go to one school and Aaron goes to another school. So like you get this kind of trade-off of just like, oh, so you're like, you're a paper girl too, right? Like, yeah. And she gets the invitation of like, you can roll with us, right? Like, you know, you go this way and we go this way. But like, we can cover more ground if we work together. So it's those like those small little touch tones of like, okay, like you remember what it was like when you first made friends? It, it yeah. didn't take much. No. Just needed some sort of excuse. And then like they all have bikes, they all have paper routes, they all have to get up at like four thirty in the morning. That's as it. long as you all you all had a bicycle or you all played video games or you all had ate lunch, like it was like that's yeah, all that that's it, right? Um I don't want to give away too much of this book because I think I'm definitely going to keep reading. Like there's a beautiful book. Uh, the story seemed pretty simple until it turned itself on its head. They meet three strangers who seem dressed up from the night before. They think they're ninjas. They may not be ninjas and an adventure kind of unfolds from who these three characters are, which I think is the craziest thing because um, I've read some of the premise of the TV show and if the comic is anything like the TV show, which it obviously should be, they're in for an interesting kind of unraveling for this story. So, like, I really don't want to... This is the one book I wouldn't want to cheat the reader for. Like, I would actually recommend this wholeheartedly to go find and read because it starts off slow, very simple, 
and then it just ramps up. They just kind of end up in this situation that's bad. Like one of the ninjas ends up like knocking off, I think t- Tiffany off her bike, stealing her radio. Like she gets scraped and like all the girls kind of like surround her and be like, okay, rally up. We're going to get that radio back, right? Like Tiff's all pissed off because she's like, I spent, sorry, not Tiff, KJ. Or maybe it's Tiff, sorry. Uh, I spent like fifty nine ninety nine to get these, right? And in the, in the <laughs> 80s, that's a, that's a lot of money, right? So like she wasn't just handing this out. Yeah. And it's the giant ones, right? It looks like the Zach Morris phone, right? With the huge antenna that comes out of it. So it's equally nostalgic as it is kind of heartwarming because they just met this girl and already like she's one of them. Like it's us against the world kind of mentality. And it's it's still five in the morning, right? Like this adventure really starts before anything, before the day even begins. They mm-hmm. end up in this house because they think they're following uh, one of those ninjas. They end up finding something else. Something else happens in there. They have to run out of the house. And things start to change. They start to see the world a little differently. Things start to unfold. Things look a little differently. And again, this is where the artwork really starts to shine because you can tell that story, but the way that the artist paints the story, you can see those changes, right? Even down to the detail of like, you see kind of the look of it in their eyes. The expressions is really, and it's, it's not, I wouldn't say the detail uh, brushstrokes or like line work, but it's very expressive. It's very kind of innocent, which is makes sense for the ages of these girls. Does does the does the color palette change too? You're 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 mostly only dealing with uh, blues because it's early night before the sun rises. But ever so right. often, there's like a flash of like orange or yellow or purple, depending on if there's action or something going on. Like they end up having to fight these ninjas, and they don't speak English, and they pull off one of so like. There's things that are happening, but everything's in service to the next and the next and the next and the next. And if we weren't doing this tonight, I'd probably be reading the next issue for this because I was that kind of engaged with what was happening and where these characters are going. So um, easy trick for me, if you got four characters and you put them all in basically the easy archetype, it's very easy for me to be like, ah, I see Nintos here. I'm in. But it was such a, it, this was my smoothest read. Like it was like nothing to get to the end. Um, you invest in the girls real fast. You get a feeling for which one of them they are and how protective they are of each other. And then it harkens back to just like being kids. And like, if I had a bike, I made a friend. It was so easy back then. It was not hard. <laughs> yeah. So I like, I, I, this actually, I actually read this book way back when it first came out whatever year that was 20 2013 i guess 2012 i don't know mm-hmm. and like i said to you before we started we started recording i was like i don't know why this one didn't didn't click with me like i like i thought it would because looking back at it now it looks sick <laughs> i don't know maybe it was a different mentality back then or maybe i was reading too much and this one was the odd man out i don't know but it, it's got a little bit of a stranger's things feel too yeah. with just how it's already in the 80s riding bikes um it's like a small little town but there's something else going on that we're trying to figure out i and, wonder if it's got some sort of like if it um excuse me influenced the creation of stranger things at all because it came out years before that before yeah i i don't see how not right 
So it'd be interesting if they actually did Stranger Things with four girls as opposed to four guys. Yeah, that could have kind of unfolded. But again, we're already getting the TV show for it. So if you're already watching, let us know what you think of Paper Girls TV show, if it matches up with the book. Um, I'm definitely going to keep reading this. I'm going to find a way to get Coke to keep reading this. That way we can keep talking about this. But Yeah, I'd love to, to check this back, check this out again. Like I said, I don't know why I didn't. But We'll say timing. We won't say that you're a, a female hater. That's right. Yeah, <laughs> that's what it was. When I said that earlier, like, you hate girls. Yeah. <laughs> the irony. I live in a house with them, but yes. Yeah. I... Coke hates women. Yes. And yeah. this is the book that drives them off. But All again, their lovely parts. It's just, it's just a beautiful... Uh, looking book and then again i'm i'm really interested to see what happens with this four-way friendship and kind of how this night is just unfolding right like i'm still in five o'clock in the morning and then it moves to kind of the next i don't even know if they go in the next day right so that's just book one but less is more i, I don't want to really kill any spoilers because i think this is something that's going to be good if you're finding this for the first time yeah less is yeah less is definitely more so that's i, I I didn't read. I'm gonna reread that one. I'm gonna. I'm gonna probably check because I think it's only like twenty something issues long. Yeah, it's it's not a long run. It's not. It's not long at all. Nope. Um. So that would be yeah. That'll be something interesting to to check out. Look, look, I'm already cheating and went to the second issue. Someone's wearing a Guns and Roses T-shirt. So like thirty. It's yes, thirty issues. That's it. That's very very. That's it. Let's let's light work. You may end up seeing an issue. Sorry, an episode with us talking about Paper Girls in the future. Oh, probably. Oh, more more than likely. But even if you don't, I mean, nobody cares. But that, yeah, nobody cares. 